previously on Adventure They Wrote. Oh, yeah, you're talking about uh, Trieste. Trieste, right. Do you know where Trieste was living while she was working here? The club keeps a couple apartments just down the street. But then a guy across the street comes out of an alleyway and he says, you've been asking too many questions. Enough of this, my dear. We are quite dangerous. No, he's dead. He melts into like a puddle of (laughs) flesh and goo. The Countess just sort of like dusts her hands off and just sort of looks between the, the two remaining ones. I am a woman of my word. They call it the City of Splendors. Jewel of the North. Eh, maybe. Down here in the Dark Ward, it's more like the City of Secrets. Everyone has something they're hiding. Criminal enterprises, a noble's affair with a commoner, magic items of untold power. What do I know? I just sell the news. Yeah, to some it's the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's just water deep. Okay, Talia and Kat, the Countess and Celine have just defeated the three bandits or ruffians, depending on your persuasion, outside of Trieste's apartment. Uh, how would you like to proceed now? I think we should try to go into Trieste's apartment. So you go and and how do you how do you approach? Well, the Countess has given uh, Celine blessing of the trickster so she does have advantage on stealth checks great and you have bardic inspiration still all right um so do you want to try to sneak up to the apartment is that what you're i think so okay talia go ahead and roll a stealth check for me 11 and the uh cat uh, is the blessing of the trickster advantage on that uh it is advantage 16 16 okay so um you a- approach the apartment stealthily and you can hear very faint noises coming from inside someone is obviously in there they're making some attempts to conceal their presence uh but they're not being totally quiet okay uh i think we should approach maybe try to sneak up on them what floor is this on uh this is on the second floor above kind of uh some shops like a shop area uh, so it's this is a building that's maybe three stories tall, and there are two stories of living accommodations over, uh, like a grocery and another candle shop, some little odds and ends shops like that. So was the person in the grocery area or the second level? The second level above those businesses. Are there neighboring um, units up here? There are. Uh, you uh, recall from um, the, the conversation that you had in the bar that there are three apartments here that the owner of the bar keeps for the entertainment within. So if there are bands, uh, traveling troubadours, that kind of thing, uh, performing at the Jade Dancer, uh, they're accommodated here. Okay. Um, and were there any balconies on the upper level? that we noticed uh there are no balconies but there are windows okay the countess wants to do something she's going to knock on one of the neighbor's doors oh interesting okay very um sort of frantically frantically uh is this one of the neighboring doors for the jade dancer 
Just just whichever one is like adjacent to the unit that we want to get into. Okay. Um, so you knock frantically on the door and a very bleary-eyed half-elf sort of cracks the door open and, and peers out at you uh, questioningly. All right. The Countess is, uh, is just going to be very uh, flustered and say, Oh, my dear, there, there was a commotion down below. Um, bodies. Um, there's a puddle of a puddle of a person. Um, oh, I require some tea immediately. And she just like sort of rushes in. And pushes right past him? Yes. Okay. I love it. Roll. <laughs> oh, I, I cannot decide if this is persuasion or intimidation. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because there's not, there's not like a c- confusion. There's not like a confounding check. <laughs> you can choose. You can roll. You can decide if you want persuasion or intimidation. All right. Could it be deception? Yeah, deception. Deception's good. Roll a deception check. Okay. Uh, that is a 19. A 19. Perfect. Uh, he seems almost as concerned as you are. He's... He, you, you push past him, and he, he's still trying to kind of rub the sleep out of his eyes. And he goes, "Did you say a puddle of a person?" Yes, indeed, it was horrifying. Oh, Celine, do come in here quickly um, before one of those uh, scoundrels comes in after you, and, and shut the door. Shut the door and walk right on in. He seems, he seems momentarily like taken aback by the the tiefling, but uh, he recovers pretty quickly. Uh, and sort of, he, he says, tea. Yes, yes, tea. Uh, a strong. Uh, a puddle of a person. And, and uh, puts a pot on over the, the, you know, dying embers of the fire. The strongest you can make it. Um, if, if you could put a splash of, you know, something special in there, that would probably calm my nerves. And I'm just going to go over to the uh, window and, uh, you know, gently slide it open and peer out. Um, to see if um, the Countess can um, ascertain how far the other window is. Oh, this is good. Uh, <laughs> the The window is the window is close enough that a moderate athletics or acrobatics check could conceivably put a person within reach of it. You you couldn't you couldn't reach out and just sort of grab it. Um, but a, a small leap of faith could put you there. The Countess is going to message Celine uh, and relay this information, but also say, I do believe, my dear, that your time at the circus may um, come in handy at this moment um, if you wanted to take a peek next door. All right, so Celine will kind of nod and start moving towards the window too. And if the Countess can keep this guy occupied, I will see if I can climb into the other apartment. Yes, the Countess will come over and... Is the kitchen, like, in a separate area? Um, well, he, he's not... He doesn't have a kitchen, per se. What he has is a fireplace. Okay. Uh, with sort of the remains of a fire in it. And he's, that's where he's, he's trying to kick something up to, to boil the water over there. So he's already a little bit distracted. Okay. I think the Countess will go over there and continue to distract him. Um, okay. And uh, just sort of put on some some fake tears and, and 
lean into him and just have her hands like very shaky. Okay. I'll make, I'm going to make that a continuation of the last deception check. So that's fine. Uh, you're doing a great job there. I'm going to roll a quick perception check for the guy uh, as as Celine begins to open the window and sort of prepare herself for this leap. <laughs> he is oblivious. He has no idea what's happening. <laughs> he might have thought Celine was just a dream. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Talia, take it away. Celine, she could... She could sing a song back there, and he's not going <laughs> to see it coming. I am going to look out. Is there anything that I can grab onto and kind of leap? There is a, there is a very narrow ledge in front of both windows. Oh, perfect. Um, but it doesn't extend the entire way. So you would, you'd have to leap from one ledge to the next. Is the window next open? Yeah, it's cracked a little bit. That would make sense for a, a apartment window to be cracked on a crisp autumn evening. On the second floor. On the second, yeah. She's not. Ter- she's not scared of robbers. <laughs> she should be. <laughs> she should be scared of demon bards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little. I'm gonna jump from ledge to ledge and see if I can crack the window to get in. Are you doing um, athletics or acrobatics? Acrobatics. Great. 16. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, as, as you leap over, do you want to leap over to like a standing position or are you going to try to hang from the ledge and kind of peer in surreptitiously? No, standing. Like, I still have my stealth. Yeah, I don't know that the stealth would extend to <laughs> leaping in front of her window <laughs> in full view. How about like a crouch? I don't want to hang. Okay. Roll another stealth check. 11, but then I have my advantage. That's not going to work. That's an 11. Okay. <laughs> so you, you leap to a crouching position in front of the window, and you can see a woman, a, a, very, a, a very small woman inside. Not small like halfling or goblin or gnome small, just sort of a small woman. Like, very quietly rushing around um, and shoving things into a rucksack. And she notices you immediately. Yes, yeah, she does. She, she, it's like she felt you coming. <laughs> uh, and she seems, for, for just a moment, gobsmacked by the appearance of a demon on her windowsill. But we've met before. Uh, a long time ago, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to stand up, try to pull the window open a little bit. I'm going to Trieste. It's me, Celine. Do you remember when we worked back at the Jade Dancer? She is like backing up towards the door. Oh, no. And then kind of a flash of recognition crosses her face and she sort of breathes out a sigh of relief and comes over and opens the window for you to let you inside. And she's like, why didn't you just knock? <laughs> you scared the life out of me. Well, we weren't sure if you had run. We ran into some thugs, and it wasn't pretty. Don't look down right now. Um, there's a huddle. 
my friend and I, the Countess, are here because we're trying to solve a case. We started working with the Waterdeep Dicts. <laughs> well, <laughs> Waterdeep Detective Agency. And we were told that you were up here and you might have some information for us about Grucken Axe Haft. So she, she says... Uh, your f- your friend your friend is out there too and and looks out the window to see if there's someone else oh no 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 she's in the next apartment over keeping whoever that is distracted trieste says felix she's with felix this doesn't make any sense why are you here we were told that you might have known what happened to gruck and axhef she says, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're here because of what happened to Grucken? Yes, we're trying to solve his murder. We don't know who did it. But we know it was someone in a black cloak riding away on a horse with a crossbow. And so far, that's the only story we've heard. She says, I, 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 I might know something that can help, but I, I can't talk now. I have to get out of here. I, I think there are people coming for me. And I, I can't be here when they get here. We can help you. Where do you need to go? Uh, just somewhere safe. I, I was going to leave the city, but if you have some place that you can take me... Yes, we can take you back to the agency. Roll a... Persuasion check. 19. She's persuaded. Yeah, she's like, great, let me get my stuff. And then she... Uh, yeah, so she, she grabs her rucksack... And uh, she's like, "Oh, we should, we should get your friend too." Felix is Felix isn't all together upstairs. He's he's not the best company. That explains a lot. <laughs> she's okay, but we'll go get her now. Um, okay, so you're gonna bring uh, Trieste back to the agency. Yes, the Countess will will snag whatever. If uh, Felix had any alcohol that he was going to put in the in the tea, she's going to snag that from him. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, uh, so we'll just jump ahead to you bringing Trieste back. Team Short has already been at the office for a while now, considering that the the investigation that they were doing was so much closer uh, anyway. And so Doran, Gilly, and Max. Uh, you are all kind of waiting as patiently as you can when the Countess and Celine enter the office uh, with a very short wood elf between them. And this is, she looks very shaken up. Uh, she's kind of furtively glancing over her shoulders constantly uh, as if um, she's worried someone might be following her. So Gilly is just going to look around and kind of smile at her and say, Hey, uh, it looks like you're back and you brought a friend. Come on in. Yeah, this is Trieste. Uh, you might have remembered hearing about someone that Grucken was seeing. Well, Trieste might have some information that we need. All right. Uh, she didn't tell you earlier? Trieste probably can talk. Can you talk for yourself or are you... Do you need something to, to, to eat or or do you need to sit down for a minute? The Countess is going to sort of usher Trieste over to her very comfortable chair, um, 
get some china teacups and pour some of the alcohol that she had taken from Felix and offer it to her. Um, yeah, so Trieste uh, uh, knocks it back in one go uh, and seems very grateful for the um, fortification, we'll say. She looks down uh, sadly uh, sort of into the cup and she says, uh, yeah, uh, Grucken and I, we've been sort of seeing each other for a while now. Or at least we had been. The Countess is going to look over to Max. Max is going to grab his notebook and come over and uh, nod and say, thanks thanks for coming in. Um, did Grucken's wife know about you two? Trieste uh, uh, fiddles with the cup in her lap. And uh, she says, Grucken didn't talk much about his wife if you know what I mean. Sure, sure, sure. The Countess tips her teacup a little into Trieste and just sort of tops her up a little. Hey, uh, Countess. Oh, yes? You know, uh, you got, you got a, you know, another cup for me? Oh, um, I'm sure. Um, there must be, there must be a, a, a cup somewhere along here. And she goes out and, um, and finds um, a less fancy cup for Gilly <laughs> and pours a little bit of alcohol in there. Like a thimbleful because he's so weak. Gilly just kind of shrugs and smiles at her and says, yeah, that, that's fine. That, that, that should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Doran will go up to uh, Trieste. He'll, he'll say, excuse me, miss. Did you see Grucken with anybody while you were at the club with him? Anyone suspicious? Uh, Trieste says uh no i i wasn't exactly on the lookout for that i mean i would go to the club and i would play my set sometimes grucken would be there to meet me afterwards and sometimes he wouldn't be i never really saw him with anyone else gilly looks at her after he sips his uh laced tea and says no one else at all and he never talked about anyone with you she says she says no one uh countess i'd like you to roll an insight check <laughs> natural one plus five. Oh, no <laughs> uh, yeah she she may have taken a couple sips too many yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, she is, the Countess is, uh, a little bit too deep into her cup <laughs> to gain anything from what, uh, Trieste is saying. Talia, why don't you roll an insight check? Because I have a plus zero. <laughs> oh, it's a one. Also a one. <laughs> How did you guys get jobs as detectives? You're like the least insightful people ever. I have very good investigation, <laughs> mind you. Well, I, my modifier, to be fair, is actually plus five on that inside check. I just rolled really poorly. That's Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have a plus what, five for persuasion. Okay. <laughs> does, that, does that help you understand? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Okay, so uh, uh, she says, she reiterates again, no, I've, I've never seen him with anyone else. Uh, that that seemed shady or or suspicious. I mean, no more than usual. He was a he was a criminal. He was in charge of one of the biggest crime families in Waterdeep. Uh, beyond that, I, I you know I didn't see anything suspicious. Then 
why are you here if you don't have any information that helps us in this case? She starts to get a little bit more sort of frustrated and and she's like well Celine just she showed up on my window and she came in through my window and she said she was looking for the guy that killed him and I was I was with him that night and she's just on like she's past the verge of tears she's starting to cry now and uh, she's making all of you very uncomfortable the countess takes takes her hand uh, her hands in her hands and and just sort of tries to soothe her and says, "Oh, don't mind the the nasty goblin." <laughs> She's like she throws daggers at at uh, Max with her eyes. Um, he he didn't mean anything like that at all. You you you're you're under a great deal of stress, and um, surely you know who was after you. She says, "No, I I, I don't know. I I received a note from." Bomer at the at the club who said that there had been a lot of people asking around about me and I knew it was time to get out of the between that and what happened to Grucken I knew it was time to get out of the city do you still have the note Trias uh, she says yeah somewhere and, and she starts digging around in her rucksack she pulls out a very small little note that's, it just says, Trieste, there are people asking around about you. And it's signed Bomer. Do we know who Bomer is? Uh, Celine knows that Bomer is the simple-minded bouncer that you dealt with outside of the club. <laughs> okay. So much help. So, uh, Gilly is gonna, you know, kind of just just kind of observe what's going on here, kind of the exchange that's happening. Um, I'd like to see if there's any kind of... Uh, uh, anything I'm picking up from her as far as her authenticity of her story so far? Uh, yeah, you could roll. You could roll an insight check for that. Twenty. See, ladies, that is how <laughs> you roll an insight check. Watch how it's done. I'm getting just the worst look over here. <laughs> Deservedly so. Deservedly so. <laughs> this this die that I have, it kills characters too. <laughs> um, okay, uh, you you can tell that she is being. Uh, this is all very authentic, but there's also something that she's holding back, uh, and it's it, it it's something that is very strongly contributing to the tears. So Gilly has uh, been watching what's been going on, uh, sitting on top of the desk, you know, just his legs dangling down. And he kind of looks over at Trieste as the Countess consoles her and then says to her, so what, uh, what do you know about the Thrice Tusk Brigade? You know anything about the Thrice Tusk Brigade? Uh, she looks very confused. She says, no, I, I don't know anything about them. Nothing at all, huh? Nothing. Okay, because I guess they've been uh, up to no good, too. Just wondering. Doran's going to walk behind the, the desk, and he's going to turn into a big, stupid, floppy dog. Oh, I love Out this. of her sight. And then he's going to run up and try to consult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So just a, a big, doofy, lovable mess. Yeah, the, the whole works. <laughs> big floppy ears. Are you like a basset hound? Uh, St. Bernard, I think. Saint, oh, okay, St. Bernard, nice. So you're giant. Yeah. And the Countess sees the jewel coming towards her and immediately backs away. <laughs> um, 
Oh, Brad, I don't know what to make you roll for this. I, I'm going to roll for her. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll for Trieste. Yeah, she like is immediately feeling better. She sees you and just like actually kind of giggles a little bit and starts playing with your big floppy ears. <laughs> She's like, who's a big dumb doggy? <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> it's you. You are. No judgment, Dorn. <laughs> Keep it together, Dorn. It's all part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's working. It's working very well. I think the Countess is going to, to come over and like really gently just like one, two tap on uh, Doran's head and say, um, yes, he's a lovely mascot. Um, would you care to perhaps you should should rest the, the night and, and your head will be clearer and, and we can discuss this horrible business in the morning. Um, but for now, you should rest and take care of yourself and, and we shall um, ensure for your safety. Uh, she says, uh, yeah, yes, I, I, w- I would like that very much. Should we send Doran to sleep with her? Ew. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild shape only lasts an hour, okay? That might get awkward. Well, he could probably go over there and, like, keep her company until she nods off. Yeah. And then we can all have a discussion about um, what to do next. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. Uh, Doran uh, helps her fall asleep. Um, she nods off almost immediately uh, between the lateness of the hour and the excitement of the day. Uh, she, the yeah, she passes out right away. And uh, you're able to have a hushed conversation about what you've learned so far. D- Dorn will come back and just sit right next to the Countess. <laughs> Still in dog form? Still in dog form for the duration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, you notice that she's just sort of like, her body is like tilting away from, from Doran, but she's, she's sort of smiling down and nodding, nodding at you, um, trying to be pleasant, but also like her, her body language is very much like, don't drool on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly disgusted. I suppose uh, the Countess will recount in great detail how they fought off, uh, Celine and her fought off many, many bandits on their own to great success. <laughs> and how you goobified one? Yes. What, what kind of bandits, Countess? Gilly asks. Oh, they were... Um, she, she looks through her belongings and pulls out one of the... Um, it was a necklace, I believe, that she had taken from a bandit corpse. Um, I believe this is the calling card of the uh, Thrice Tusked Brigade. Oh, yeah. You mean the ones I just mentioned? Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> they, they've, been, they've been causing all kinds of trouble around town. Um, so, Gilly, you actually know a little bit more information about the Thrice Tusked Brigade just from your reporting, the reporting of the newspaper. This is an organization of mercenaries that was founded by survivors of the last Orcish Horde. And they uh, are, are kind of like a, a weird mix of brutal efficiency. They don't really have a tremendous amount of respect for other humanoid races. Uh, there's a, a strong undercurrent of racism uh, that underlies their organization. Any member that is to join... 
uh, has to pay their due with three orc tusks. So yeah, they, they're not uh, they're not friendly mercenaries. And when you say three orc tusks, does that mean that they need to like harvest tusks from other orcs? Yes. Or is it like self dentistry? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. They they are not orcish. Ban- uh, mer- uh, they are not orcish mercenaries. They're human mercenaries. Oh. To get a job with the thrice tusk. Yes. Brigade. They have to pay their dues with three orc tusks. Oh, because you mentioned the last orcish horde kind of thing, and I thought that like, oh, they are orcs, but now I understand. Yeah, my bad. No, they are they are human human defenders during the last orcish horde. No, that no, that makes sense. No, and they don't like orcs very much, but that that dislike has bled over into other humanoid races as well. So I turn and look at Max, and I say, Hey, Max, you want to tell him what we found? Doran can't really talk too much right now. Although I, w- I, I wish he would. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> Max uh, recounts the story of the burnt out buildings and the offer of 18,000 gold per home so that uh, some syndicate could buy up all of the land. But uh, other than that, we don't, we don't know who's buying the land and we don't know why. Uh, but we, we know that the people who wouldn't sell got burnt out. The Countess arches an eyebrow and says, 18,000 gold. That's rather a pittance. <laughs> Max, would it be fair to say that Team Tall delivered a lead, <laughs> whereas Team Short did not? <laughs> Max doesn't think so because the person that is currently in our office has given us no information whatsoever. But we know she has some. The Countess would argue that, um, well, I do believe that um, we came into this not knowing um, whomever this Emray fellow was, and the Thrice Tust Brigade, whatever they are, um, I should think that Celine um, fared rather well in your wager. Max flips over the coins. (laughs) (laughs) it says fine but later we're going to be playing some good cop bad cop because she's our only real lead on the murder and uh we need to know what she knows okay okay oh don't say woof woof (laughs) and then shake his head and then he'll remove wild shape The, the countess is basically, she's got her hands up covering her face uh, just, just in case he was going to come up and, and like lick or slobber on her. Excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> what we know is someone has enough money to pay $18,000 for property and enough money to hire the Thrice Tusk gang to kill this guy. If we put it together, there's someone rich in charge. Y- y- you mean dragons, right? 18,000 dragons? <laughs> Gilly looks at you. I don't, I don't know. I've never been in this town before. Is that what you call them? <laughs> yeah, that's what they call dragons. Yeah, I mean, you can call them gold if you want to. No, I'll, I'll call them dragons. Good to know. Dragons are rather confusing to me. Well, 18,000 of them ain't too confusing because that would be an absurd number. Well, it was rather alarming, to be honest. So who's got that kind of cash? Countess, you would know that only uh, the very highest echelons of nobility... Uh, within Waterdeep would be able to throw around that kind of money. Uh, In fact, you could probably put together a list of maybe 10 names that would be capable of doing it. 
Well, I suppose I could put together a list of ten or so names. <laughs> Gilly looks around at all of you and says, "Oh well, that's that's real nice and good. Uh, you you know, I I think your your suspicions are correct. I've got a feeling that that Trieste there is uh, you know, hiding something from us. Well, I suppose I shall retire to put together this list and." Celine and Max, I suppose you shall be interrogating her um, in the morning. Oh yeah, uh, Countess, do you have one of those fancy roll-top desks, you know, where you compose letters and such? I kind of imagine that in part of the office that she she did, you know, she's she's got the the little comfy chair and she's got the roll-top desk and she's only she's the only person that has the key to the desk. Yeah, because I never can get into that. <laughs> <laughs> She looks rather shocked at you. What? What? No, I meant, you know, like, you know, I just tried it once and it didn't open, so I left it alone. That's what I meant. She wags her finger at you. I imagine that you could probably fit in the roll top deck. (laughs) (laughs) Can uh, can we assume that the Countess can run off and um, and retire for the evening and heal up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, long rests all around. Uh, doesn't really matter for Team Short, but... Oh, it matters. It matters. I like my beauty sleep. That's true. <laughs> That's true, and you need it. Um, uh. <laughs> what you talking about? Hey, yo! Gotta get them Zs. Yes, you all go to sleep. Uh, you rest up. You feel much better in the morning. Um... And uh, you reconvene back at the agency, and uh, Trieste is up, and she looks a little bit better than she did last night. Her eyes aren't red and puffy anymore. She doesn't look as harried as she did the day before, Um, and she is uh, sort of awake and waiting for you. She doesn't look as harried or hairy? Harried. I mean, did she have a haircut or something in the morning? (laughs) With a D. With a D. Okay, harried. She she was covered in St. Bernardford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just vacuumed it all off of her. Got yeah. it. Okay. Great. She had one of those rollers. Let's make her our secretary. Trieste, good morning. How are you feeling? Uh, she says, much better today, but I I think I need to get out of the city. I think it's time for, uh, for me to uh, find a new gig somewhere else. Oh, no, no, no. No need to rush. We can definitely help you. Come sit down. Have some breakfast. I offer her whatever I can find in the cupboards. Max, what does is, what is the Waterdeep Detective Agency keep in the cupboards for breakfast? I don't expect that there is food in a detective agency. Coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that might help her. That's all there is. Fancy coffee for the Countess. <laughs> is is the Countess awake? Yeah, everyone's everyone is there, and uh, Gilly's not there. He's a little late this morning. Gilly is not there. Everyone else is. Doran will offer her a cultish meat pie. Choltish. Choltish. Sorry. He really he really likes them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New favorite. Oh yes. That was subtle. I liked that. That was really good. I'm gonna go to the Countess and ask her if she has anything in her belongings that might be appealing to her. I think the Countess in the mornings, uh, she, on on her way in, she um, she goes by um, one of the fancier um, pastry shops and picks up something for herself. And inevitably, she knows that somebody's going to ask her for something, so she always picks up a backup something. Um, so she hands Celine the backup. Um, let's say it's a, like a 
croissant. I imagine it's usually Gilly that's asking for something. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> too late this morning. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she she seems mollified by that. She says, fine, I, I suppose I can uh, uh, sit and have breakfast. And she sits down and she starts enjoying her croissant. All right, so I'll sit down next to her. Trieste, I know you were really upset last night, but it seems like there's still something missing. We really need to figure out what happened to Grucken. And I know we can help you more if we can just figure out who's coming after you and what's going on. Um, roll a persuasion check. 24. She says, I, I don't know anything about what happened to him, but I do know that there was something going on at his home. Do you think it was something with his wife? She shakes her head. She says, I, I, I don't know about that. He, uh, like I said, he never really talked about his wife. It's just that the night that he was murdered, he came to the club to tell me that he was leaving and that we couldn't see each other anymore. Oh, so he broke it off. I'm so sorry. Uh, on that note, the door kind of flies open, and Gilly's there. <laughs> you know, like right when you guys are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right? Gilly just kind of shows up, right? <laughs> and he's like, hey, everyone, did you see today's paper? 16 Leaf Fall, Fire Methods Suspected in Southward Arson. That's where we were. Are, are those a type of coin? Coin? No, Fire Methods. They're like a... Like a little, like, um, little elemental guys. Oh, you have to excuse me. I'm, I'm rather confused with all the currency here now. Dragons, methods. Methods are not a currency, Countess. If you say so. Dorn will hold up a silver coin. What's this one called? I'll give you one for a copy. Which, which, which one? The silver one? Yeah, the silver. <laughs> it's called a shard. Silver shards. Yeah, I'll trade you a shard for a copy. For a coffee or a copy? Oh, because I got coffee, you know over here too we got it in the cabinets copy of the newspaper you don't have to buy this paper doran this is this is a perk for you know associating with me you can have this one. Oh, thank you you want a meat pie well i'm a little hungry yeah that'd be nice you got an extra one of those i keep spares wherever i go <laughs> <laughs> oh those cholton meat pies i love those things it's so good the spices are the best aren't they mm. listen can't get enough <laughs> trieste trieste by the way is absolutely horrified with this conversation she's just sort of like revealed this deeply personal and traumatizing thing only to see the conversation devolve to what coins are called and the exchange of cholton meat pies does the countess no notice this oh yeah, yeah yeah you're almost as horrified with the conversation as she is like this is this is one of the most classless things you've ever seen you can just sort of see her face like She's she's a little bit older, so she um, her her chin just keeps receding into her into her her folds of chin, and she's just like trying to um, make herself as small as possible as she's looking over um, at um, at Trieste. Gilly's like, "What what was going on here? Oh, you were you were in the middle of something, weren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Gilly just smiles. There's like crumbs and meat kind of like in his mouth, right? And he just, all right, I'll just go sit over here. You you finish up your uh, your tea time or whatever it is going on over there. Celine just kind of looks over at him and also very disgusted, especially because they're eating the meat pies. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> the smell alone. Yeah. Doran will shrug. 
and then go and sit and eat a meat pie and read the paper. Trias, did he say anything else? Was he looking for someone when he came into the club? Uh, she says, just me. He he told me that he was sorry and that he cared for me, but he was leaving the city and we couldn't see each other anymore. Did he say where he was going? Uh, she actually looks like uh, she, she sort of realizes that she hadn't even considered that before and and she says, "No, he didn't. He, he just said that he was he was done here, and that it was time for something else." Uh, Max would like to roll an insight check. Uh, that's a nineteen. So many nineteens. Nineteen's <laughs> the new twenty-three. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> she seems genuinely kind of uh, uh, saddened. Uh, by this whole thing and um, her confusion and her her trauma are all genuine. This is she's not putting up a front. She is uh, authentically sort of crushed by this. Dorn will look up meat pie falling from his lips. It doesn't make a lick of sense. The gang leader doesn't just leave town on his own. Tria, did he wear anything or have anything with him that seemed odd? Uh, no, he didn't. He came as he always did fine water Davian clothes that were, you know, sort of reminiscent of Luskin. But no bags, no weapons. Nope. Gilly finishes up his meat pie and says from across the room, did he have any servants that usually accompanied him when he took the carriage out? She seems kind of wistful, like as if she's remembering like how, kind of different he was for his station. Uh, she says, no, he he didn't really uh, carry on like that. He, he didn't even have servants. He had uh, employees that he paid quite well. Gilly says to her, well, but you met some of the employees, right? Like you... You've seen them around. Uh, she says, yeah. Uh, sometimes they would accompany him to the club and you know, they would drink and, and party on their own and do their own thing while uh, he was there to see her. So, Fletch, what Gilly's trying to establish is how well she really knew uh, her lover. Yeah. Uh, so, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, we're, I'm trying to figure out, like, oh, does she really know Grucken, right? Or, you know, is she kind of just, if she kind of just say, you know, just having a dalliance with him? And, you know, but apparently, you know, what he's learning through these questions is how much Grucken actually shared with her, right? Uh, so that he understands, like, sort of how connected in their relationship they were, how deep their relationship was. Sure. I hate to be monotonous, um, but go ahead and roll an insight check. 19. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Do we need to roll for the rest of the night? I- <laughs> yeah. No, everyone. Everyone gets 19s all night long. Let's take a passive 19 on that check. A passive 19. Um, uh, you get the idea that, that she knew kind of a portion um, that uh, she didn't she didn't have the full picture. Uh, she had sort of like um, maybe his public persona. Or something like that, but she didn't. She didn't know the real Grucken. Uh, she got uh, 
this guy that would show up to the club. But it seems like she knew Grucken pretty well. She knew a lot about like like his comings and goings, his habits, you know, whom he liked, whom he did not like, things like that. Well, he, she knew about his comings and goings at the club. Right. So he he wouldn't take a horse to the club. He wouldn't, um, you know, sometimes he would walk, sometimes he would ride the carriage. Sometimes his employees would come with him, sometimes they wouldn't. She she got that, but she didn't get anything else. Celine's going to ask, Trias, did Grucken come more often the week that he was killed? She says, actually, now that you mention it, no, he he didn't come at all the week before he was killed. Is that normal? No, normally he would make an appearance... Once or twice a week, at least. I think the Countess, on the same note as what Gilly is doing, she's she's going to just sort of sigh wistfully and and say, "Oh, my dear, I what a wonderful little dalliance! It seems like he cared for you greatly. Perhaps you could share with us a a, a memory, a, a one of your fonder memories." Will Trieste's fond memories spark a clue to her lover's killer? Where will she go now that she needs to skip town? And how do these Southward fires link up with a mercenary gang? Maybe the answers will be in the next episode of Deep Trouble. Or maybe we'll sit around and talk some more. Also, a huge thank you to everyone that's been listening to the show. We've really enjoyed all the comments and feedback. Please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. It helps us reach a wider audience. You can also check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just do a search for Adventure They Wrote. Another thank you to Tabletop Audio for providing all the fantastic sounds that we use in our show. If you want to add a little sound to your game nights, all of Tim's work can be found at tabletopaudio.com. And lastly, if you're in the mood to help us out with some charity, we're joining the Wizards of the Coast for their Extra Life campaign. All the proceeds are going to the Seattle Children's Hospital. The details are up at AdventureTheyWrote.com, or you can check us out live November 5th on the Dungeons & Dragons Twitch channel. Once again, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery. The Adventure They Wrote podcast is copyright 2018 AdventureTheyWrote.com and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 4.0 International License. That means that you can share it, and we really encourage that, but you can't make any changes to it, and you're not allowed to charge for it. If you have any questions, visit creativecommons.org.